What are the central gameplay differences between Street Fighter V and Street Fighter IV, and is it fair to call one better than the other? Plus, a closer look at unique entrant EVO numbers, Disney buys Fox for $72 billion, why Dragon Ball Fighters adding more Gokus and Vegetas is actually okay, and more, today on the Event Hubs podcast. Perfect. And time for another Event Hubs podcast. As always, I am John Velociraptor Guerrero, and with me, El Presidente of Event Hubs himself, John Catalyst Gray. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. I'm actually I'm feeling pretty good. It's like kind of the middle of the week, but I'm still doing all right, and uh, and that's good. We're leading up to Evo, um, which is probably why I'm doing good. Even subconsciously, I'm excited. It's it's going to be a well, everything that Evo is. It's a big getaway, vacation. Um, you know, it's a tournament first and foremost, but even when you lose, you still have all of Vegas right there. So good time with friends, plenty of salt, I'm sure, but you can do anything and everything that a, that a fighting game player wants there. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I've, I've been to Vegas a few times. It's a, it's interesting. <laughs> there's, there's literally anything you want to do pretty much you can find there. So you, you can read into that however you want, because however you read into it, you're probably going to find it there. So anyway, <laughs> so one of the things that did happen, though, is uh, we had new Evo entrance attendance numbers kind of compiled in a different way. And I forget the gentleman who put it together here. I've got the uh, the tweet right in front of me. Let's see if I can not botch his name. Uh, Andrew Nastico. I'll just say that that's it. But uh, he goes by the username Practical TAS. And anyway, he did a, a info dump, basically, of Evo. And as it turns out, Street Fighter V is the number one game. And we're well, Capcom. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well. Hey. Hey. Yeah. We're, we're Capcom hubs, so I'm gonna say it's a number. I one was game. gonna yeah. say you better be careful there because you're gonna you're starting to shill out for Capcom, yeah. uh, John. Yeah. Uh, but but so so to clarify here, we got official Evo numbers. Gosh, maybe a little over a week ago, I think it was, and we found out that Street uh, Dragon Ball Fighters had the most entrance. It was like, uh, I think it was like 2,500 or something like that. And Street Fighter Five was like 100 people less. And, and yeah, we talked about that already. But what you're talking about is uh, unique entrance, right? Meaning yeah. people that entered only one game. So they went to Evo for only Dragon Ball or only Street Fighter. And those numbers were a little bit different than, than you know, the, the overall numbers. So they gave a little bit different information, a little bit different narrative, if you will. Right, right. It's funny. Uh, we have a classic saying uh, in sports and whatnot. You can manipulate the numbers to show anything that you want, you know, kind mm -hmm. of thing. And I'm sure there, there are people that are going to say this and whatnot, but it does tell a different tale, you know, kind of thing. And uh, Street Fighter V was number one with uh, 1,200. And then Melee actually came in second. A nice exclamation point on that uh, with 867. And basically, so there's like a 340 difference in between there. And uh, Dragon Ball Fighters actually came in third uh, with 746. And then we've already kind of talked about like ghost entrance and all that kind of stuff. But almost 500 more entrance basically was Street Fighter V and there was Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah. Um, so, so a lot of the people that are attending for Dragon Ball Fighters are also attending for other games and may not may or may not be attending with DB Z F Z D whatever um, as their main game um, and, and so you know you take that as you will but yeah. it's interesting because because when we see these numbers come out we go oh my gosh Dragon Ball or whatever game is on top uh, as far as the number of entrants 
there's there's that's a weighty title you know like there's a mm-hmm. lot that goes into that but to break it up in these different ways and understand that there you know there's significance in the fact that some people are only going for certain games and there are more people doing that for like say melee and street fighter 5 than there are for dragon ball so um and that doesn't necessarily it's not a good or a bad thing or anything else it's just a better um a, a, another angle to you know widen your perspective and understanding of what's going on with the evo numbers yeah, and there's 1,600 people that are attended for Smash altogether, you know, kind of thing that's uh, individually for Smash 4 and for Melee, 1,600 Smash users. Again, Smash is, their, their turnouts for tournaments are just beautiful, like how many people show up and just support those games, like no matter what, and man, I don't even know how many years we're going on for Melee now, but a very long time, and uh, it's just kind of cool to see. Yeah, and I crunched the numbers too to get percentages of, of how many people are attending um, per game, like... Uh, that are unique and it was actually melee that was um, 66.5% of his entrants were unique Hmm. so that's a little bit different than than how many it's it's a ratio of how many total entered versus how many um, are actually just there for melee Um, and and the reason why that's important or this percentage is important is because you know how much how many people your specific game or or I should say a specific game is bringing in Right. And that's a really important thing. So with Melee bringing in 66.5 unique entrants of its of its total, it's like that's pretty that's pretty good. You know, like that's a game that you might want to have stick around next year or something like that, because, you know, it makes some money. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. on that note, uh, for those who don't know, Mr. Wizard loves to troll people and loves to say like, oh, hey, this isn't going to show up and that's not going to be there and all that. Smash 4 is probably not going to be back at Evo. Smash 5 will be there. Uh, Smash Melee will likely be back. It's You kind of really have to ch- take Mr. Wizard with like five grains of salt whenever he pretty much like says anything that's kind of not like a hard to find like fact, you know, kind of thing. If you can see he's kind of like speculating on things, it, man, does that guy love to troll people. So, yeah. So, uh, moving right along, we also had another story that you did um, about... Let me see. Let me read the headline here to get the the full impression here. Why you're not actually upset about yet another Goku and Vegeta coming to Dragon Ball Fighters? Um, at least it's not Dragon Ball Functions. Is, is was your sub headline there? <laughs> yeah. So I wondered if you could kind of elaborate a little bit on that because obviously we have base uh, Vegeta and Goku coming out here very soon. Uh, I, I just wondered, you know, what was your thought process basically behind writing this, and, and what was kind of the what was the point, John? Why, why did right. you do this? You know. So one of the biggest complaints that we hear about Dragon Ball Fighters is the number of Gokus, and then to a lesser extent, the number of Vegetas now, um, because you got Goku Black, Goku Super Saiyan, Goku Blue, Goku Dad, and now Goku Base, and then a fusion of Vegeta and Goku and and such. And normally in in fighting games, the idea of having a like the same basic character over and over again take up roster spots is kind of a cardinal sin it's like it's a pretty big deal that someone would do that um it might feel kind of lazy uh or or at the very least it's like it's taking up spots that other characters that people love could be occupying so you can't just do that and expect that people would be okay with it and people haven't been okay with it but it has become more of like a meme or something to kind of like you know it's like a second hand complaint it's like ah yeah another goku whatever but i'm still gonna play the game and like there's no question about it and people are still really enjoying it and such so i'm going like you know this should technically be a bigger deal than it is and it's understandable like you uh, one of the first places you go is back to 
you know the Mortal Kombat games where you had like seven or eight ninjas that were just palette swapped, and those those characters all had roughly the same exact normals because the earlier Mortal Kombat's all had the same normals, so they all just had like kind of different. Um, special moves and such and fatalities and whatnot and people weren't super upset especially then because you also understand that this was you know 20 years ago or whatever and the budgets and the the uh, the technology and stuff was different but this is 2018 and you got a an ip as rich um with characters as dragon ball and you go is it really that you know does it make sense to put that many gokus and this many vegetas in and still it's it's really not something that people are that upset about so i'm like well why is that mm-hmm. and first of all the way that I think Dragon Ball is a unique title. I don't think just anyone could pull this off mm-hmm. because Dragon Ball, the way it goes is like, there are so many forms and versions of characters. And sometimes uh, those, those different forms, well, oftentimes they draw a lot of hype and attention. And it's a big deal when these, these new forms come out, it's almost as if they are different characters. I mean, they are in certain mm-hmm. senses. And so it's a unique IP, it's it's like a unique situation where okay, I mean it's 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 evil and it's is Ryu and evil Ryu and evil Ryu is different enough, and they did it like seven times or whatever with these <laughs> characters. Okay, I get it. Um, but the other big thing about it is that as far as gameplay goes and co- and like competition goes, you don't want characters that are doing the exact same things. Um, and these characters, and I don't play Dragon Ball Fighters all that much, but these characters have very different moves, very different abilities. There are a lot of iconic moves in the Dragon Ball franchise, and well, I mean, most most characters have like a basic beam, and I think a lot of the Gokus have like a Kamehameha, but they vary in their um, special moves quite a bit, how they work, how they're implemented into their gameplay. This newest Goku, base form Goku, is like the vanilla version. Who it's it's weird that he's coming out way later down the line. You'd expect it, you'd start with this, but anyways, he's got Kaioken, which was one of the really cool moves from earlier on in Dragon Ball, and then he's got the Spirit Bomb, which is probably the second most iconic move in the entire franchise, second to Kamehameha. Mm-hmm. And Spirit Bomb is usually the go-to attack that finishes off bad guys. Uh, and, and I mean, there's, there's a lot of history around it. It's a very cool thing. Cause for those that aren't as familiar, you have to use the power of all of the life around you. Um, and it all like lends their, their power to the spirit bomb. So it's like a collection of all that is alive and good in, in the surrounding area to combat the evil force, which is kind of magical, you know? And so you see a lot of times in fighting game community stuff like send me your spirit bomb energy, you know, and people will raise their hands or show little emojis of hands raised and such. And it's a communal thing. So Mm. there's a lot of novelty that goes into these moves and actually base Goku is the first time we're really seeing the spirit bomb in fighters which was interesting I didn't I didn't realize that but I say all that to say that these characters all play different they have different iconic moves that are cool in and of themselves and they ultimately have their own identities even if Goku is in all of their names mm-hmm. so it's an interesting situation where I don't think you could make like seven different forms of Ryu and get away with it you kind of do like two of those at most and and then you're you're you know don't don't keep pushing that one. But for Dragon Ball, it's interesting. And as much as it's brought up, and as much as people talk about it, it's interesting that they're really not that mad about it. So that yeah. was basically the gist of that one. Fighting game community loves their memes and love to you know just kind of put that stuff out there and perpetuate it as a joke that it is and all that kind of stuff. And it's like yeah, you know. It, it, but the thing is, is we look at like Street Fighter Five stats, and Ryu, Akuma, and Ken are all like you know in the top, like they're in the top end of the list, I should say. 
and Ryu and Ken, like back of Street Fighter 2, they were pretty much identical to each other. Like some of their animations were slightly different. And then Champion Edition comes along and they, they alter the, the characters a little bit more. You know, Ken's Hurricane Kick is a little bit more different. And it's like it's the, the differences have evolved over time. But I don't think that's an issue with Dragon Ball Fighters. You, you know, as you mentioned, like the movesets, they're quite a bit different between these characters. They, they actually have a, a good amount of variety, even though it's the same character. They're, they're really diversifying them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So, moving right along, um, we also had uh, over the weekend, um, we had Disney and Fox shareholders made quick approval of a $73 billion acquisition here that will finally <laughs> put so much money. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And it was originally like 54, and this has been going back and forth. Uh, who was it? So Disney proposed like 56 or something like that. And then Comcast came in and counter proposed with like 65 and they held out. And now that number has gone up to a, to a casual 73 billion. Yeah. And uh, like, can I have like 1 million of that? You guys will not miss 1 million of that, but it's funny. Just like the, the haggling going back and forth or the negotiating, I should say 73 billion billion dollars it's like what it's a slow tuesday for us then because we're disney or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it, so the implication here a lot of people in the fighting game community are going to go straight to like you know hey well how about the marvel characters like x-men and dr doom and all that kind of stuff like they were left out of marvel vs. capcom infinite you know what does this mean and uh you know you you kind of had a strong opinion here about what you thought it meant so there's a division between fox and Marvel because Marvel gave Fox the rights to some of these guys and then they they went huge Marvel got huge but now there's like some restriction on they're not allowed to use the X-Men stuff because they're Fox's property and there's some bad blood and then Disney acquired Marvel and blah 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 so yeah like you said there we couldn't have these characters in Marvel versus Capcom Infinite although this was never officially said by any right. of the developers we assumed that that was the case um and hashtag functions right right but uh <laughs> Now, Fox will be acquired by Disney, and therefore Fox and Marvel will be under the same roof. All these characters are probably now uh, very much available. If you were to have a game like Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, there shouldn't be any red tape to get through to get these characters in there. Great, because everyone loves Magneto and Wolverine and Storm and, and all these. But guess what? A little bit too late on this front is is my opinion. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite that ship has sailed and kind of sunk in a lot of ways. There are still a handful of people playing it, but obviously it's not going to be at Evo this year. There will be a side tournament and such, but numbers for it where it, where it is featured are down. People are not buying it. They didn't they didn't buy it like uh, predictions were, or I should say that predictions were not met and, and goals were not met for sales. And so it's kind of... Um, it's kind of gotten left behind a little bit, oh, and no. not that phrase. Yo, there yeah, go. yeah. It, it did not rise up; it got left behind. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm a little bit on the other end of the spectrum here in terms of I still uh, I always picture with Capcom that there's there's a door that's like very lightly open, you know, kind of thing with like pretty much any of their franchises, even Darkstalkers, which we talked about, you know, last week. And I always feel like there's a chance that if the right things come into play. It was when Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite got announced. Like we're all sitting around talking, you know, about the rumors and whatnot. We're like, this is bull crap. There's no way that this game is going to come out. You know, they've got Marvel three out there. The game died because of licensing issues or whatever. You know, kind of thing. Like it, it went away. Um, there's no way. And all of a sudden, boom, it's announced. You know, and we're like, holy crap! Like it's real. You know, kind of thing. And that's sometimes how Capcom goes about stuff. All of a sudden, they'll they'll be like, no, 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 no. And then yes, in. I kind of put Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite in, in that same boat at this time. 
Yeah, it could happen. It could happen for sure. I, I just, I've, I've learned over the last couple of years not to put my hopes in the Capcom basket. I guess oh you will. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Just because, Ooh. like, uh, yeah, and then that's just that's strictly going off of how things have been going. Um, and so cool if they do it. There is potential that, you know, hey, we're bringing we're bringing Wolverine and Magneto and Phoenix and Storm and Deadpool and all these characters, and it'll be great. And they have all their, you know, traditional moves that you love and people might come back to it. They might not. They might be that even if they did that, people are like, ah, I'm doing something else now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, I mean, th- th- that's certainly a possibility. Uh, I'm just guarding my heart. Gotcha. And one of the things you went back to, like, and people are going to ask about this, I'm sure, is like, okay, well, what is the big deal about the licensing stuff? Because Marvel's done other games that have Wolverine, you know, Spider-Man and all these other people in it. You know, like, what's the big deal about them getting the rights back? And then you you go back to stuff like esports and whatnot. The way that characters are portrayed and the way that the different avenues and stuff they can be on, it's a challenge to get some of these characters in here. You can actually look back at Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite's uh, like artwork and screenshots and whatnot, and you'll see the the copyright there for Strider. And I forget the company offhand who owns him, but Capcom had to like specifically go and negotiate that that contract with them to get Strider in the game and say, hey, you know, if this is going to be a big esports title, we want to use this character like this and that. And they don't have to do that when when it's your own IP. Uh, and again, not having to go through multiple companies to get the stuff negotiated. It's like, hey, you you negotiate one deal with Disney, and now it covers everything. You know, or, or in essence, it should cover everything. And so that's kind of the licensing stuff we're talking about in terms of it being a a bit of a hurdle to overcome. So, but yeah, we're probably talking about an instance where yeah, the game's probably dead. But damn it, I'm gonna keep hope alive and kind of hope <laughs> that at some point it gets revived. I I just I see people talking in the community about missing Marvel, and I love Dragon Ball Fighters. It is uh, it's a great game and what it is, but it's not Marvel. That 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 broken magic that is Marvel. That uh, crazy comebacks like. Uh, we've talked about it before, just like the the fan interest in Marvel, like even people who don't like fighting games will tune in and watch Marvel play sometimes because it's just, it's so crazy. It's such a great spectator game. And, and Infinite did have that going for it. It just, it failed for a bunch of other reasons. Um, and I'd love to see it come back in some way because there's just nothing like Marvel in the fighting game community. It's mm-hmm. a special game in and of itself. But, yep. but yeah. I think I, I think I mentioned it last week. Marvel is one of those, uh, maybe the only game that, I could uh, that I don't play that I could absolutely watch. You know, if I'm if I'm waiting for a top eight at Evo or something like that, and you got to get good seats, I would definitely come in and like Marvel's exciting to see. It's maybe it's all the flashy colors and lights. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just easy to impress. But Marvel's very exciting, and the crowd really gets into it more so than a lot of the other games. It's there's something about it. It's got that special, unique character to it um, that I'm not even going to begin to try to you know understand. But it's there and it's exciting. So and then right. and, and Dragon Ball's there too, but not quite to the same extent. I, I yeah. don't know. I, I again, I, I can't really put my my finger on it, but it feels like Dragon Ball's not quite as hype, and I'm not sure why yet. Dragon Ball's not as broken as Marvel. It, Marvel's mm. very broken, but it's broken in the right ways. And that's kind of been the history of the Marvel series is Marvel versus Capcom Two is incredibly broken. I mean, it, and. and there was actually one point in Marvel vs. Capcom 3's development where the game was too toned down. It was too, like... I remember Seth Killian talking about this, and he just, like, like he was like, where's the broken stuff? Like, where's all the flashing, crazy stuff? Like... 
Marvel's so brilliant. Marvel 3, like, you lose a character, the next character comes in and has to hold this ridiculously bad mix-up. Like, it's it takes Street Fighter Five and, and laughs at it and goes, that that's your mix-up? You know, kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. you have to block, like, 20 different ways because I'm playing Zero. You know, good luck with that. And, and that was Marvel. It's like, you could die in a second. Like, it, it would be done. You know, kind of thing. You pop X-Factor. It was very volatile. The game was, you were never really safe in Marvel. And it, it, it was hard to be very safe in Marvel, I should say that, you know, kind of thing. It, yeah, it's, it, there's, there's the way the game plays is magical. There is a way that just Marvel plays where nothing is like that. And that's what makes it special. And, and that's why it's such a shame that the game has gone away. And again, I, I don't want to put the fighting game community on blast here because they have the reasons they, they felt like they did and they didn't support the game, all that. That's fine. Like, you know, feel however you feel. There's a lot of reasons why. But it's just, it's sad that Marvel went out like this, went out with like a whimper instead of a bang, you know, kind of thing. And it's just like, ah, damn, you know, and uh, hopefully Capcom could figure out what they did wrong here. Uh, The graphics (laughs) would be a huge, like good place to start. And then, man, we, but we've done that, you know, many, many, many times, but it's, it's sad to see Marvel like this. So. Well, now that you got me good and sad, uh, yeah. what else do <laughs> you want to talk about? Let's get some happy news here. Um, so just today, uh, we posted, we're recording here on Tuesday, probably go up on Wednesday, but uh, the 30th anniversary of digital sales outperformed expectations, um, which contributed to Capcom's most profitable uh, qu- first quarter in company history. And obviously, a Monster Hunter like selling 8.3 million copies had a little bit to do with that, so, since it's the uh, best-selling Capcom game of all time. We've also got Mega Man uh, Legacy Collection here, and... A bunch of other stuff going on, but hey, you know, it's a fighting game podcast, so that's where we're going with this. But basically, uh, the game did really well, and we were talking about it today, and just the package, and I did the review of the game, and uh, the frill surrounding the package, like, you know, if you looked at, like, you know, what you got besides the games themselves, like, it's not that great. Like, online was very bare bones, and thankfully, they, they've beefed it up here with the patch. Um, the gallery mode was really good. I thought the gallery mode was terrific, but there's not a lot beyond that, you know, but the games themselves giving you, I think it was like 12 games in one, uh, however many it was, it was very nice. Like there's a lot of gameplay time there. There's a lot of good stuff. Like Capcom got that one right. And I was very happy for them to see that, Hey, you know what? They had expectations. And finally, for once they didn't underperform them, they, they outperformed expectations with a fighting game that they did. So moving right along, actually kind of in that vein, another story that we did here, uh, a few days ago was that the original Killer Instinct actually didn't have throws because they were banned in some arcades back in the early Street Fighter 2 era. And I remember this one from personal experience because people would threaten to kick my ass, you know, back then <laughs> if I threw them again. And anyone who's ever played me in fighting games knows I love to throw. I was definitely more reserved with it back in the day. You know, I didn't become a full-on throw whore uh, until a little bit later on, you know, in my, my fighting game career. But uh, yeah, it was interesting to me. I, I, I remember Killer Instinct not having throws. And I, I had no idea what the you know story was behind that and it was just it was a an odd kind of look back at how fighting games used to be like there was all these unspoken rules of what you could and could not do and even sometimes fireball traps were actually considered like too cheap to do like if, if you just pin someone down with you know reuse fireballs and just kept you know pelting them like a very normal and common strategy it's like no that was that was going too far you could not do that you had to play i don't know what way you had to play there like it was just kind of like certain things were, were just banned and it was when very I f- interesting when i first got street fighter 4 and was playing with Driftwood, we realized that you could chip someone out when they had no life left and they were waking up, throw a fireball at times, you know, when when they wake up and there was no escape from it and it would just chip them out. And we were like, that's so dishonorable. And we didn't 
we didn't restrict each other from doing it. We didn't like actually make a rule, but we definitely entertained that idea and we definitely gave each other the look. It's like, if you chip me out with a fireball on wake up, then that is not honorable and you suck. And, and we would, we would note it every single time that it happened. So that just between two players playing street fighter four in like 2010 or whatever it was that it emerged even there. So it makes sense that that kind of stuff happens. It's very much a part of the evolution of, of this kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny how so many unwritten rules get made in these games in terms of what's acceptable and what's not. And a lot of times I think it just comes down to what people know how to counter or, or what they don't. Like chip damage used to never be cheap. Uh, back in the day, like when I played, like I never heard of anyone complaining about, you know, chip damage being like, you know, oh, I chipped you out. You know, you lost it. It's like your problem. You should have went in or avoided it or whatever. And then Alpha 3 came along and the announcer would actually say cheap if you beat someone by chipping them out. You know, kind of thing. And it's yeah. like it's like just don't block it, like avoid it. You know, kind of thing. It's like it was never a thing. And then like I remember a bunch of my friends talking about it too, uh, and they were like, "Chip damage is cheap." Like what? You know, kind of thing. Like w- when did this happen? And but yeah, it's it's actually interesting because I've been going back on a big retro kick, and I've been playing through 30th anniversary. I've been playing Street Fighter Four again. I've been playing a lot of the old uh, Capcom games, and one of the things that's kind of jumped out to me in this process is there are a lot of people who say that. Street Fighter 4 is a better game than Street Fighter 5, you know, and and like, you know, it did this better and that better and whatnot. And I used to be a pretty decent player in Street Fighter 4. I could get out of pools at some majors and stuff like that or get close enough to it, you know, and it was decent. I wasn't incredible, you know, I'm not Justin Wong or Tokido or anything like that, but I was okay. Um, And going back and playing the game at a high level, like I realize now, one, how much people have rose-colored glasses on when it comes to that game and how that traditionally runs in any fighting game, you know, type thing, but just how linear the game was. Like, the game is very hardcore footsies, and the ability to just kind of open up and do whatever you want to do, so to speak, like, to actually have freedom to jump or actually have freedom to dash in or do something that isn't covered by, you know, an option select that covers, like, two or three of your options and basically completely shuts it down... It's it's so refreshing in Street Fighter Five, and and I I really I don't want to say dare people to go back and play Street Fighter Four, but like go back and play the game, and not just to have fun, but to like actually play it at a high level, like play it like how it was in tournament, and I think people will start to see some of the warts the game had in terms of like wow, like option selects like cover so many things that you could try to do, and the way to approach offense and other things like that, like it's very limited in that game. And, and I, I wanted to turn it back over to you because we were mentioning it like you were a Goken player. Uh, I don't think anyone, you know, like ever really heard of Goken uh, in the game um, pretty much outside of like you and like three other players or something. like that. <laughs> um, yeah. And I wondered, like, have you had any experience like kind of going back and playing the game in recent times? Yeah, I certainly have. I, I tend to uh, well, maybe like once a month, I'll go back and play some some sets in four with uh, with a friend. And. So so let me get my head around what you're kind of saying here. You're saying that Street Fighter 4 is kind of narrowed in how you're able to play and that it's pretty much solely based on footsies, spacing, that kind of a thing, basically the horizontal um, as opposed to being able to, what, jump in or, or... Yeah, actually have freedom of movement kind of thing. Actually be able to attack in a variety of different ways. Um, you, you pretty much have a linear path that you can follow when it comes to offense in Street Fighter Four, And the footsies are, are definitely very effective, and you can sit there and outspace your opponent and do that stuff. And then you have Oki... Um, once you knock someone down, you know, it's very brutal in that game, especially with like characters like Ibuki and Kami. But your ways of 
of opening someone up, they're very limited. Like I was like, holy crap, like there's no punishment for someone hitting there. It's like sitting there and pressing a button like over and over and over again in Street Fighter 4. It's just like, no, I'm going to keep you out this button and you have to get like a great timing or a great whiff punish to kind of open it up. Like versus Street Fighter 5, I'm able to crush counter you. I'm able to say, hey, you know what? If I know this button's coming, I'm going to hit a button that beats that and, and, and not only beats it, but beats it to the point where it's like you do not want to hit that button again. You, know, you mean the priority system? Priority system, yes. Uh, and it's a big deal. And there's there's not enough discouragement to just kind of randomly hammering away at footsie buttons in Street Fighter 4. It's like you can just pretty much do that all day. And yeah, you can whiff punish that. Yeah, you can do stuff with it. Obviously, you can open people up. But the defense is so strong in Street Fighter 4. It's really, really overpowered in that game. And to the point where most of the characters can zone pretty well for long periods of time. And there's not a lot you can do about it except for open them up with footsies. So, I mean, so you already said it, but I think that you know, my answer to that would be, well, I mean, if someone's going to whiff punish you, if you keep pushing the same button over and over again, what's to stop them from just spacing themselves appropriately, waiting for you to hit that button and then hitting you for it? Exactly. Which, yeah. Yeah. And, and so like, and especially if you can convert that hit into like a full combo, like I think of maybe like Fei Long hitting into Reko or Abel, um, you know, whiff punishing with step kick into, you know, his dash forward into, you know, combo and such. Um, because people would, would say, you know, that's a lot of, that's where the game's fun comes from is mm-hmm. to see where people are going to push buttons, let them whiff and then counter hit it because there's a huge sense of reward that comes in counter hitting. Like that's when people go from behind you, they go, oh, nice. Or like, good, mm-hmm. good, good hit, you know, things like that. Okay. Um, uh, and so like, that seems to be um, how, how you're illustrating here. Like that's the main, you know, engine for Street Fighter 4's uh, right. basic so, gameplay there. Let me jump in and say, okay, so you mentioned like Fei Long and Abel, two examples at work. Now, same example, but Ryu, R.M. Bison. How are yeah, they so supposed like, to open you up with that single isolated hit and get much reward from it? So I guess Ryu, you would hit with like a sweep or something like that and then get in. Or low forward fireball into FADC. Yeah, and you could do that. And I mean, he might be able to confirm from that far out. But again, confirmation is it's hard, you know, kind of thing like the in the neutral, there's not much risk to throwing buttons out. It the, It's character dependent. You know, Rufus can dive kick you and go into ultra and different things like that. It would open it up. But a lot of the neutral is very tame. It's extremely tame in Street Fighter 4, and I think it's something that that people don't respect Street Fighter 5 enough for in terms of the open-endedness of the gameplay. There's there's a good amount of Marvel or like a verse type of game in Street Fighter 4 in terms or Street Fighter 5, I should say, in terms of how much more free-flowing the game is, in terms of how many opportunities there are to be creative and to put your own stamp on the characters. And it's something that Street Fighter V gets a huge knock on. There's no creativity. You can't, you know, you can't innovate with the game. And with the combo system. It's pretty accurate. You know, there's a lot more freedom of combos in Street Fighter 4 because the FADCs and the combo system was just much more robust. In Street Fighter 5, it's the, the robustness comes a lot in the neutral. It comes a lot in mixing people up and like reading their timing and reading their tendencies and saying, look, you're not going to be able to do that anymore. And, and I'm just going to blow you up consistently if you try to hit those buttons or do the strategy. You have to keep things much more unpredictable in Street Fighter V in terms of your timing and your approach because there's so many more counters to everything in my opinion. But I feel like in Street Fighter V, um, when you say, like, you're not going to be able to just push those buttons, well, one of the things is, like, people can spam, especially crush counter buttons over and over again because it's so much harder to whiff punish in that game. 
Yes, and, and you're right, and you can do that, but also the risk reward is is huge in that if you find a counter to it, you're taking off 50% of the opponent's life and you've got Oki on them. So yeah, you can spam buttons in Street Fighter V, but you're also seeing that happen less and less. And it's just, again, the risk reward is, is it's skewed more than you would think kind of in, in Street Fighter V. Like there's... There's some nuance here that people are missing. Let me let me back up here a little bit and say, okay, so let's say with Nikali, you're doing stand heavy kick over and over and over again, and I see that. If I do a jump in with pretty much any character in the game, I'm draining probably 40 to 50% of your health, and then more than likely I've got an Oki scenario on you. You're if in a you've very... guessed my timing on the, on the yes. roundhouse correctly. Yes, and so yeah, you can do that, and I get why people get upset about like spamming, you know, stand heavy kick over and over again. It's like, but more than likely if, if they're doing that and they got a read on you like they know you're afraid they've made you afraid or they've got a read somehow on you it's not like you know you're going to randomly go into ranked and and you're going to see a Nikali in there at diamond level who just hits standing heavy kick you know the entire match and blows you up for it's like no there's a million counters for it they've been able to instill some form of doubt or fear or problem in you where you are now unable to counter that move and even though you have a variety of ways of actually countering that you know kind of thing that's that's the beauty of street fighter 5 there's there's a lot of free-flowing nature to the offense of the game you know i was playing uh brent we've been playing some sets brent is cool from socal been playing some sets and trying to get ready for evo and uh after the most recent one one of the first messages he sent me was there was one round where i counted you jumped in nine times i don't know if that's accurate because i don't know if you could do nine jump ins without <laughs> with, for a full life bar one right. way or another but he said right. you jumped in nine times maybe it was a maybe it was a single match okay so uh, two out of three rounds you jumped in nine times i anti-aired seven of them but you got two of them and that was the difference maker because you won that set or that mm-hmm. round or whatever it was and um that's that's another thing that you talk about in street fighter five it's like um, especially, well, especially with Nikali and, and Phenom, people bring up how headstrong he'll be and how just because you counted it doesn't mean he's going to be deterred from using it. Um, right. Because a big part of Street Fighter V is these basic approaches that are all kind of valid when juxtaposed next to each other. Yes. Meaning you can dash forward or you can jump forward and it's very rare that a, a player is going to be able to be ready for both of those at the same time. Pepper in the fact that you can also be you know, ducking and dipping around and and sticking out buttons. And and maybe you have a move like birdie or Urian's tackle that moves you forward, things like that. Um, You can't juggle that many things at once. And so uh, like even when someone anti-airs you or punishes you for a thing, the the reward for most of the offense in Street Fighter V is far outweighs the risk or at least outweighs it enough that it doesn't deter players from keeping on doing it. And that's one of the things that I think people use as an argument to say that the game is dumbed down or it's it's more it's more brain dead and that it's like, yeah, well, I can't condition you because at the end of the day, these are kind of still coming down to coin tosses in that what we just talked about where it's like, yeah, you can stick out uh, like heavy buttons and what you're going to do to counter those heavy buttons is you can jump over them or maybe you can you can whiff punish heavier buttons in this game. You can, you can still see them and, and whiff punish them. But it's hard, but it's not impossible. Well, hold on. So one of the things I want to uh, go back to here is, and it's a great point. It's one of the cruxes of, of, of what I'm talking about here is you say the game is dumbed down because I can use these same options over and over again. And, and, you know, you have to like deal with them basically. And I would point out the contrary to that in terms of street fighter four is guess what? There's not as many options in the game to approach a neutral. You only have a handful of them with most characters. And 
that gives the opponent much less things to juggle, to deal with things. And we've talked about this a lot in terms of Street Fighter V. It is so good to overwhelm your opponent. It's so good to have so many options or so many things that, to throw about at them that they have to think about that their ability to react and to defend properly is much more difficult. And that is a beauty of Street Fighter V. It's like, guess what? I'm going to overwhelm you. And in Street Fighter IV, you could do that, but nowhere near as effectively in this game. That is what I'm talking about when it comes to the free-flowing nature of Street Fighter V that people don't appreciate. It's like, yeah, you could look at it that way. It's a negative way of looking at it, and that's fine. It's fine if that's your opinion of the game. There's nothing wrong with that. But the other end is like, look, like you have to respect all these other options I'm throwing at you. Can you keep up with me? And can you keep up with all the things I'm going to throw at you and make you juggle? Can you do it? Can you outthink me when I'm doing this stuff, get a read on my timing and throw it back at me and and again it's it's the beauty part of this game like street fighter 4 had that more in the oki process like you could really overwhelm someone you know when when you had them on a knockdown and you were able to lock them down but it did not happen as much in neutral in street fighter 5 that happens a lot in neutral and you're able to do so many things when you're trying to approach the other player now okay so here is my take on the the comparisons that we've made thus far um we'll start kind of towards the beginning one Yes, jumping is not as effective in Street Fighter 4, and simply tossing out forward jumps um, as a flail or as a quick way to score some offense is very much looked down upon, as it has been traditionally speaking, in, and I think most fighting yes. games like haven't played all of them. <laughs> yes. um, that is more out the window in Street Fighter 5, and jumping is actually encouraged. Now, coming off of the tales of everything we've learned thus far, where it's like jumping is for scrubs, like constant jumping, you go okay. Well, then that's gonna count against the game. So, Street no, no, no. let's 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 open this up a little bit more. Why is jumping for scrubs? Why is it because, a scrubby tactic? Because you relinquish the ability to block for yeah. like a full like two seconds or so, and um, ultimately, like yeah, there's a lot to be gained if you jump forward and and you hit. Yes. But a, a strong player who is able to react and jumping gives you like, like I don't know how many, like a t two seconds or so, which is an infinity amount of time in fighting mm -hmm. games um, to react. It's like a player's gonna be able to do that and hit you for it and then gain the offensive ground. In Street Fighter V, there's the input lag and everything and people are like, well, you can't really jump, or you can jump because of that and people aren't able to react as well and that makes this tool um, better amongst other things. But so in Street Fighter IV, because that was the case, then yes, it very much became a horizontal footsies-based thing where the, the main heart of the game most of the time, depending on your character to varying degrees, but most of the time was I have to, it's like fencing, you know, like I have to be a certain distance away or boxing or whatever, certain distance right. away. So if I can get you to reach too far, then I hit your move and counter it. And that like the to be able to do that I mean, it's so such tight timing that even adding like three or four sixtieths of a second to the input lag affects that greatly. Like, right? Because that's been the whole thing about Street Fighter V. Like, it has a few extra frames of input lag, and therefore we can't play it the same way. And, I would also and, argue the priority system is a gigantic change because oh, sure. it skews the risk and reward there. But yeah. Sure, that, that's also part of the equation. But the idea is most of this game is going to be based on me like spacing myself correctly and then getting you to throw out a button and then me counter hitting that button. Like that, that is regarded as some of the highest level back and forth in 
fighting games and in Street Fighter 4 particularly as it as it really emphasized that and people really appreciated that like I said before when you do things like that those are the times where people behind you are gonna be like nice you know stuff like that right and so, so let me throw out and just say I want to counterpoint that one and, and I agree with you traditionally that is Street Fighter that's what people love about it it's a footsies based play and so again I just want to reiterate you said you, people throw out a button, you whiff punish it, you counter it, you got someone to you know do something. Because of a reaction. Exactly. Where is that in Marvel? Different game. Yeah, I agree. It is a different game. And, and and so, but Marvel players aren't known for being scrubby. It's not like, you know, you look at like Filipino champ or Chris G and you go, those guys suck. You know, kind of thing. They're scrubby. They're playing a random game. Those guys got consistent results in that game. There was a top four top five, whatever you want to say in Marvel 3, and those guys were the gods. They were the people that could not be dethroned pretty much. It was really impossible to beat them. Massively consistent in a game that a lot of people called random and very scrubby initially. Mm -hmm. I should point out that um, I personally don't pass an... uh this is going to be kind of at the end, but like I don't personally pass a judgment on Street Fighter 4 or 5 as being necessarily good or bad. Uh, it's more that they are different. But I'm trying to like kind of get into where people right, right, right. do feel like they, well, first of all, where they are different and why people think one is better than the other in either direction. So the core of the basics of Street Fighter 4 is, like we said, with punishing on reaction. And that's what's valued and revered. And if you are able to do that, you are amazing. And there are other yes. parts of the game, you know, your, your offensive setups and your Oki and all that kind of stuff and your decision making. But like as far as like the execution of that, that's a huge deal. And yeah. that is one of the things that makes a, a good player great or a, a scrubby player scrubby. And, and just to reiterate again, I, I back that up. And also that is the traditional history of street fighter not completely um there are some games that have kind of fallen out of that that motif that way of playing um street fighter 2 was not heavily based around with punishing and footsies and whatnot that's definitely there it's definitely but it was done more with fireballs and different things and it's it was it was different street fighter 3 was done more with parries and you know hit confirms into super all that kind of stuff like every street fighter game has put its own you know stamp on that in terms of how it approaches it but the fundamental kind of thing of Street Fighter has been more of the footsie-based play, at least at higher levels. At lower levels, mm, you know, maybe you throw some stuff out and see how it goes, but yeah. Right. And and so then we go over to Street Fighter Five, um, where the idea of throwing stuff out and seeing how it goes is a much more valid tactic. And the reason, so so if you look at Street Fighter Four and you think about it like it's kind of this one channel of like, I'm going to play footsies and I'm going to try to manipulate you into sticking in the whole you reach, I teach sort of a thing but you're not too worried about people jumping because you're just going to anti-air it's like yeah you have to have your anti-airs on point but that's not like the the core of everything so it's this like one idea that you're going to really intensely focus on because of course reacting to these like minute fractions of a second is something that requires most if not all of your attention um so then you jump to street fighter 5 that's not as much the case but instead you have I can dash forward or I can jump forward or I can do this forward moving move or I can stick out this heavy button and it's not as intricate and it's not as focused but it's more along the lines of I have instead of this one super intricate idea I have like these four different more broad ideas and you don't know which one I'm going to throw at you and the game instead of becoming focused within this one little sphere becomes which of these four spheres am I going to make you juggle and which one are you not going to be ready for? Now, is that 
worse or is that less impressive? You could make an argument, and I think a lot of people have made the argument that it's more impressive to do what, what we talked about in Street Fighter 4 than what we're seeing in Street Fighter 5. But I think just to, to, to manipulate an opponent when you guys are basically on the same playing field, that's not to say that the characters are the same, but you're, you're playing the same game. And to be able to take what is good about that game and manipulate is is ultimately like the, the test of skill. And both right. players, you know, have the same ability to do the same general thing. And so it's like, well, yeah, that, there you go. Like Street Fighter V is, is a bunch of easier to do juggling balls and then street fighter 4 is more of this more intense one avenue that you have to perfect right and, and again there's there's nuance here there's there's you know there's footsie characters in street fighter 5 there's more zoning in there there's you know a lot of things like not this is not an absolute conversation the same thing with street fighter 3 it's like yeah we, we talk about you know low forward and a super and whatnot we joke about that and you know there were other characters who like remy and whatnot who who played much more of a zoning like threw off your timing with, with you know fireballs and different things and there are always exceptions to the rules why there's so many characters in these games hopefully they offer unique and different and special playing styles in here uh, but one of the things I want to go back to is because it's something we hear just constantly. Why is Street Fighter V wrong? Why is Street Fighter V wrong for doing this? Like, and, and I have an answer here, but I'm, I want to bounce this off of you first. Like, why is the game so shunned and people so upset about why the game plays? Like, and, and yeah, what, what what would your answer be to that? Well, the first answer, and this is kind of multi-layered, but the first answer is you have an expectation, like we were talking about with the development of Street Fighter over the years. Um, and I should say not just fighting games, but Street Fighter, because Street Fighter, like you pointed out, is very different than Marvel, for instance. But Street Fighter has has often been like the chess to Marvel's checkers, maybe, and I'm, I'm not sure, but the expectations for Street Fighter to be more about this like intricate ability to whiff punish and stuff like that at least more immediately when you're talking about street fighter 4 and i think street fighter 3 as well uh that's kind of out the window with four or with five in a lot of ways mm -hmm. and so if people already have an expectation and then you don't hit that expectation then they go oh well then that's wrong now right. it might be erroneous for them to have that expectation because street fighter 5 is not street fighter 4 is not street fighter 3 and it's not any other game that said though as i was kind of describing um, this the more simple approach that Street Fighter V tends to have, or I, sh I guess I should say more broad approach of making them general more, making your opponent juggle more general things that are easier to ultimately deal with in and of themselves, but together form this kind of puzzle that you can you can force on your opponent and make them try to figure out, and if they do it wrong, then they, then you win. At the at the most simple level. I think that's rock, paper, scissors. Like if you were to just continue to make that more and more and more, you know, basic of this like competitive back and forth, it's like, well, you play like 10 games of rock, paper, scissors. And even there, there's strategy because you try to you try to figure out what your opponent's patterns and tells are and things like that. But it's one of the most basic kind of ideas here of this back and forth problem solving puzzle thing. And you go, well, yeah, there's compare rock, paper, scissors to uh, to any fighting game, but let's do it to Street Fighter 4. Like, is the reward and the accomplishment of figuring out the nuances of somebody's play in Street Fighter 4 when you're talking about footsies and whiff punishing and being able to react within, you know, tenths of a second more revered and more rewarding than being able to pick rock, paper, scissors 
and, and, and beat somebody consistently at that. And I would say that like there's more reward coming out of you know Street Fighter 4 than it is to beat someone in Rock, Paper, Scissors. And I'm not saying that Street Fighter 5 is Rock, Paper, Scissors, but I'm saying that it is uh, closer to the Rock, Paper, Scissors end of the spectrum than Street Fighter 4 is. So I want to say that the game is more volatile. I, I would say that the game, you're never feeling safe in Street Fighter V. And, and it's, the game is not tame. Like anyone thinks that the game is tame, like, you know, there, there's plenty of proof, you know, beyond that. So I don't think anyone's making that argument. But where I'll go with this is, again, I'll, I'll go back to Marvel. It's, we had the gods of the game. That game has X-Factor, level three X-Factor. People would lose their minds if that wasn't a Street Fighter game. Like they would swear off it and say, this is, you know, horrible and whatnot. Street Fighter V, like, there's the top-end competitors, Infiltration, Tokido, they had moments where they were the most consistent players out there, and we saw a span of dominance that we really did not see very much of in Street Fighter 4. I think Infiltration, once again, was the only uh, player in Street Fighter 4's history that had a run of dominance where it was like, you know, eight months, maybe a year, however long, where he was basically winning everything in sight. Even Daigo never did that to that level. And... Street Fighter V's had more consistency there in terms of top players maintaining that. So what would you say to that argument in terms of uh, rock, paper, scissors kind of being a little bit more random and less satisfying? You're saying that Street Fighter V has seen periods of dominance more so, uh, than... more so More so than Street Fighter Four did because of infiltration and Tokido and Punk, you know, the prior year and whatnot. We're seeing spans of time where, where the, the best player for a little while is probably dominating for about eight or nine months, maybe six months or something like that, which has not been the case with Street Fighter 4. It was not the case except for Infiltration where he had a run, I think, of about a year where he was, you know, hands down the best player and winning almost everything in sight. I mean, Daigo won two Evos in a row. Yeah, but he also lost a lot of tournaments in between there, though. You know, Did he, I, I don't know. I wasn't yeah. really following at the time. That was just uh, just when I was first joining in. Yeah. Um, and so you're saying that we're seeing players... Yeah, there was Punk's run, and there has been Tokido's run, but Tokido... I don't feel like the, there's the same amount of presence and the same amount of certainty that these char- these players are going to win like there was in Street Fighter Four when like when Infiltration was on his thing, it's like, oh, Infiltration's here. Who's, who's going for second place? Right. And... Um, and, and you could say that it felt like that for a little while while Punk was doing his thing. Um, and, and it's sort of true for Tokido, but I don't think that I've, at least as a competitor and as a, and as a spectator, I haven't looked at the scene and, and really felt that way with five. And, and I think that people were talking more about how it's, it's more volatile and how we're, we're getting different people winning. Like Fujimura mm-hmm. has like the most amazing run at, I think it was Stunfest. And then the next tournament he gets 33rd. And then like two tournaments later, he comes back and wins again at CEO. And it's like, these players are obviously like we. I wrote an article the next day after Fujimura's first breakout huge performance, although he's done very well in the past as well. Um, but like you write, I was like, you know, he's he might be the best player in the world right now, but we'll see right. what happens next week and the week after. Like, he'll have to have some consistency, but right now, like today, he was the best player in the world easily, right? right. And this is right now, and I'm, I'm talking more about you know the past and whatnot. And the other argument to make is like, look, like Street Fighter 5 has more money on the line than we've ever seen in the fighting game community. You know, it's it's by far like, you know, you win a, a premiere and it's like 7K. You know, I mean, that used to be the Evo winnings less than the Evo, Evo winnings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so there's a lot more people in the fold trying to play, you know, 
seriously and competitively. Sure, it's a little more intense competitively now, too. And the technology to keep up with other top-end players with YouTube, Twitch, uh, our website, like anywhere you want to go, Twitter, it's you have so many more ways of accessing this information. Look, like technology makes everyone better. It raises a collective level. It makes it makes it that much harder to dominate. You know, it's when you're able to kind of hide technology and travel in circles that no one else has access to and, and train against players that, that other people can't trade against, like you're going to get better than, you know, the field of competition. That's just, it's a fact of the matter. Sure. Uh, and so, yeah, it's there's a lot of factors here. And it's just, it's interesting to me that, that Street Fighter V gets some of the reputation that it does. And it's, a lot of it is just very short-sighted and i saw the same stuff happen with street fighter 3 to street fighter 4 the exact same exactly it's gonna happen every time and when when and if and when street fighter 6 comes out there's going to be more than a few people that say you know this isn't like street fighter 5 street fighter 5 those were the days that was (laughs) the golden age you know and such and i'm sure that we'll get that as well because the expectation will be the previous game um but but quickly back to your point there I would also, like, in, in contrast to what you're saying there as far as the consistency of 5 versus 4, if, you know, Tokido plays random scrub 69 or 15, I guess we should say. <laughs> if Tokido plays random scrub 15, uh, 50 games, I think that he wins, like, 49 or 48 of them with, the with you know, the maybe that guy gets uh, a game here or there, but, but not very often. And then I would say that if he does that in Street Fighter V... Uh, you, you, it wouldn't be surprising for the other person to get like 10 games on that road to 50. And that's why like the Gandhi match, the famous Gandhi match where the Gandhi, the player, the Ryu at kind of out of nowhere took on, uh, I forget who it was. The, the Fairly Rufus. sad panda. Yep. Yeah. Um, and who was, who wasn't the best player in the world, but like the fact of the matter is, and I, I wrote an article on this too, in Street Fighter 4, it's like the, the top players were expected to win over the majority. And now it's like, you know, it, it was amazing that Gandhi pulled that out with just this random thing after random thing that just worked. But in Street Fighter Five, it's like, yeah, that kind of stuff happens. And it's like, it doesn't happen constantly by any means. And there is a sense of uh, consistency. And you can usually predict who's going to win um, as far as like when, when the, it was really upset, you know, matches when Knuckledoo's playing someone random or whatever. But when it does happen that somebody pulls out a win, it's not as magical and crazy of, a, of an instance. And I think that speaks to the fact that Street Fighter V is a little more volatile and that a little more, like, anyone can kind of win this at any time, any given Sunday, which is, I think, what they were going for to make it more inviting well, to players. Let me, let me jump in and, and, and add that, you know, how far into Street Fighter IV's lifespan was the Gandhi versus Fairly Said Panda match? Do you remember? Uh, I would guess, like, six or seven years. Yes. Uh, how many years are we into Street Fighter V? Uh, going on almost three, almost three, two and right. a half. Two and yeah, a half. it's about two and a half. Yeah, somewhere around there. And in the history that's been built up and the collective knowledge, I remember Gutex and Mike Ross talking about this on Excellent Adventures. They were playing, and they were they were going up against people in ranked and whatnot. And they're like, man, everyone's a killer now, you know, kind of thing. Like it, it, it's the ranked. It went from, I mean, and that's one of the things that, that Capcom actually complained about with Street Fighter Four and said that they didn't want to have that happen with Street Fighter Five, which works against and in favor of the argument we're making here and that's everyone had gotten so good and the collective level of knowledge you needed um to get up there was was really really high and it was hard for casuals to get into the game and they they flat out said they wanted to make street fighter 5 more approachable start everyone from a ground zero level and all that kind of stuff there's a lot that goes into that but 
the quotes were out there. Ono flat out said it. Uh, other people at Capcom said it. That was an approach that they wanted. And so people take that stuff and kind of run with it, in my opinion, in terms of saying like, oh, you know, the game is totally dumbed down. It's not. Like, you're seeing, I, I don't personally see the randomness in there. Like, I see randomness more so in the characters that people play. Um, John knows this. I've told him multiple times. I think Nikali is a very random character. And I think that the character is so regular that he has times that he just looks brilliant and just amazing. Uh, when you play him, when Phenom plays him again and it's not saying that the character like you know is like stupid or anything like that I think he's actually a hard character to play I just he can look brilliant one minute and just horrible the next yeah because there are like 50 50s it's like is he going to go for the command grab and are you going to jump it if he if, if I get you with the command grab well then I look cool but if, if you jump it then I'm eating you know half my life and it really just comes down to that moment of am I going to do it or not Yes, and there are characters that are much less random in the game, something like a Minot or a Guile and whatnot. They're not nearly as volatile as those characters. And I do think Street Fighter V has more of a penchant towards volatile characters. I mean, that's pretty obvious when you look at the roster. A lot of rush down, a lot of get up in your face and whatnot. And you can, you know, take a character like Laura, and again, you have the kind of the same, you know, scenario going on. So there's a lot here. There's a lot that it's not just a, you know, we're, we're making cases on both ends uh, of the spectrum here. And we're, we're talking about all the different things that people People say and it, no opinion is right or wrong you know you either like the game you don't like it but we're trying to give people some of the nuances of what's going on in the game you know if you like the game play it you know kind of thing if you don't like it don't play it you know type stuff but just because people are putting down the game and, and saying like oh you know I don't like this about it I don't like that doesn't mean they're right or wrong you know mm -hmm. it's it's up to them they're making these these arguments and just like we're making them back and forth and if you play the game, enjoy it, you know, kind of thing. But do realize that the nostalgia factor of these other games, just to give you guys another uh, really quick example here, uh, Gutex was a very good player in three, uh, Street Fighter Three Third Strike. Rennick was a very good Alex player. Alex is complete garbage in Street Fighter Three. He's probably the least tournament viable character in the entire game, even though he's not like the worst character in the entire game. Like, I guess uh, Sean aside, like Sean is really bad. But anyway, out of the <laughs> characters people would play in tournament, Alex is, oh, he's awful at high levels. But they were talking one time and saying like, hey, look, like, Street Fighter 3 at high levels was Chun Mears and Yun like mixed in here and you know a good bit too and it's like after you watch like five Chun Mears in a, in a row you want to off yourself and I know this from personal experience because I had to cover those for many 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 years and it's like yeah I appreciate what Street Fighter 3 was uh, very footsie based you know the parrying was a great mechanic all that kind of stuff but the character balance was was messed up and like a lot of matches end up boiling down to the same thing and so yeah you've got stuff like Evo moment you've got these great things that happen but there sometimes the the package that's surrounding them is not nearly as good as what people remember them being and and so yeah so move forward with this stuff like like examine the game a little bit more on its own merits and less so what you remember the past being. You know, if, if you don't like Street Fighter 3 because you consider the game random, or Street Fighter 5 actually, because you consider the game random and, you know, it's too volatile, that's actually a very fair argument. Like, I personally don't see that and I do advise to people who, who feel that way, you know, your character choice probably means quite a bit in terms of the experience you're going to be having. You know, look for a character that's more stable and can control the action a little bit more. But at the same time, you're not wrong. You know, kind of thing that those those ideas and thought processes we have are not wrong. It's it, but also do remember that the experiences that you had with the other games, they're probably not as good as you remember them being. <laughs> um, yeah, and and I can appreciate that. I think that, like I kind of was getting at earlier, Street Fighter Four versus Street Fighter Five. 
it's two different things that they, well, I mean, and there's definitely overlap, but it's two different things that they are testing, two different kind of basic skills that they are highlighting and people that can do, you know, that skill are going to be better at that game, right? So Street Fighter 4 being the more honed in and focused on footsies and Street Fighter 5 being more about decision making. So reactions versus kind of decision making. Um, and it's like one isn't necessarily better than the other, but then you just ask yourself, what do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy the idea of like making out a plan and then executing the plan and hoping that it went right because based on all the information that you could gather this far, or do you more like being right in the thick of it and having to react and and dip and dive and such, um, around what your opponent's doing in in a more immediate sense? It's like, are, are, is one better than the other? No, that's completely up to you as to whether or not, you know, you enjoy doing one more than the other. And so that's why I don't necessarily say I like Street Fighter 4 more than 5 or vice versa. Right now I'm playing 5 because it's the Street Fighter here and I'm enjoying playing it for what it is. And like yep. I when I sit down, I'm not I'm not going this is going to be me trying to react to things. I mean there is reactions and such. I got I guess I got to throw that in there, but like the majority of it is I'm going to have to identify my opponent's game plan and and then put in the counterattack game plan with what I'm doing as opposed to being able to see it and immediately do the counter. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm that's the game that I'm playing right now. And if, of course, if you're going into that game and saying it's going to be a different game, then you're going to have a bad time. Yep. You know? Pizza yeah. when you French when you want a french fry, you're going to have a bad time. Yep. <laughs> it's uh, I what I enjoy about Street Fighter 5 is is learning a new and people are going to laugh at this and you can laugh all you want to, a new deep system. There's a lot of depth in this game that people do not give it credit for in terms of being able to read someone's timing, in terms of figuring out how to keep your mental composure when you've got Nikali breathing down your neck and John just command throat me five or six times in a row, you know, kind of thing. And I was too afraid to do anything and he hit me with it. I'm like, you son of a, like, I was so mad. And at the same time, when I walked away from him, I'm like, dude, the guts it took to do that and the read that he had on me, that's brilliant. Like, I never saw that in Street Fighter 4. I never saw someone with enough guts to do that because there was always a there was always a defense mechanism I could throw up there. There was always some kind of technology I could learn that would make me not have to think about that, that I didn't have to deal with that. And the fact that I've got to juggle that now, I've got to think about, damn it, is he going to command throw me five times in a row and I'm going to die? You know, Extra think, gutsy because it was yeah. against my boss. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's brilliant to me. I love that. Like, it, it, And there are defenses against it. I mean, it, there's so many ways to, to unpackage this stuff. And again, I, I look at the top players that are having consistent results in here. They're doing great. They're winning lots of money by figuring this stuff out. It's like, ooh, like this is cool. Like, you know, it's I'm never going to compete in tournaments. I'm a family guy now, you know, kind of thing. I play for fun like i love playing these games i i enjoy the salt i love the the energy the the vibe like i'm i'm just a fighting game player it's what i do you know kind of thing and it's just so much fun to play this and and that's that's why i enjoy the game you know kind of thing and that's why i'm such a staunch defender of it you know again it doesn't mean i i I don't see faults there. there are plenty of faults i love input leg to be reduced um net play should be improved i'd like to see the damage you know toned down a little bit so there's a little bit more time to get a read on your opponent there's some things i would tweak right but but overall, again, there's there's things I would have tweaked in Street Fighter 4, Street Fighter 3. And if players look back there to their experiences with those games, they'll remember that stuff too. Like, oh yeah, I didn't really like that very much. Like Chun-Li getting like 60% damage on a low forward into super and then getting mix up, uh, mix up right afterwards. And, and Street Fighter 3 was not that fun now that I think about it. You know, it's, you forget about some of the flaws. It's a... Uh, 
like going back to an old girlfriend that you broke up with, you know, you know, years ago and whatnot. And uh, it's like, you know, you guys haven't dated in a year or two. And all of a sudden you go back there and you're like, oh, man, I, I, I loved like, you know, Sarah, she was so awesome. And and then you start dating, dating her again for a while. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's why we broke up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, damn. So. So, yeah. Very, yeah, as, as, that's very true. I've been there on both levels. <laughs> <laughs> and I just compared fighting games to relationships. That's how much I love fighting games because they're, they're relationship for me. But yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. And then there you have it. That's why Street Fighter V is much better than Street Fighter Four. You heard it here on Event Hubs. And that's the, <laughs> the rock solid truth. That's exactly yeah. what we're going for. Hmm. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I, I think it is worth... Um, talking and having these kinds of discussions and and like not going in with like I know that my thing is right it's more of just like let's talk about it you give me your views I'll give you my views we'll try to counter each other and but we'll go home friends still and everything and yeah. please don't lose sight of that if you're if you're having having a discussion about fighting games because um, you see that all the time man like people get so raged rageful with these kind of things and and these arguments it's like yeah, yeah let's just yeah, I want to be very clear about this, John. If you play Street Fighter V with your friends, you're not going to be friends with that person right yeah, afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that you is don't an talk about religion, politics, yeah. or play Street Fighter V. That's, yeah. the, that's the golden rule there. But yeah, after the salt goes away, then you can you know you know send your friend a text or do something like that after a half hour or something. You'll be like, oh, that was kind of cool. You know, like right afterwards, I was pissed, but but yeah. For any of you that are on their way to Evo, safe travels. I hope you have an amazing, fun time, a safe time. Uh, get experience, have fun in Vegas, all that. Maybe if you, if you see me, come say hi and tell me how much you uh, enjoy or hate the podcast. Any suggestions and such, love to hear it. Um, and uh, yeah, I've had fun talking about this, as, as controversial as it may be. Yep, Anything else from you, El Presidente? Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. I, I have so much fun with this. I get, get up and get a good energy and all that kind of stuff. And I hope that readers do too. I hope you guys enjoy this stuff. Like we talk about it because we have a lot of energy and passion. doesn't mean we're right. You know, kind of thing doesn't mean we know everything. Like we're, we're trying to figure this stuff out to you guys too. Like, and we just, we, we love dialoguing back and forth about it and trying to, trying to figure it out. So, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the ride as well. That's what I'm getting at. Good times. All right. Well, have a great Evo weekend if you're attending, if you're watching, whatever you're doing, stay safe. And we will see you next week with another Event Hubs podcast. See you guys then.